Good morning. Happy New Year. So this morning the reading comes from Genesis chapter 11 and chapter 12. And we're going to hear the story of a father and a son. I think it's a great passage as we think about what's ahead of us in the new year. I'm calling this series, What's Ahead? And all through the month of January, we're going to be talking about what it is that God has in mind and for you, for us in this new year. And I'm hoping to pour a lot of hope and optimism into you as we begin this new year. And I hope that you're feeling hopeful about the year ahead. We're going to be looking at this story of Terah and his son Abram. And it's a story of two different people, a father and son, uh, and their own personal story. It begins at verse 27, but I'm going to start reading at verse 31, which says, uh, Terah, verse 31, took his son Abram and his grandson Lot of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. So what we have here in this story, it's the story of a family. And like every family, they have losses and have good times and hard times. There's been a loss in this family. And so Terah, who is a person maybe you've never heard of, one day God puts a dream in his heart. I want you to move. I want you to get up and move. And I want you to go to the land of Canaan. The land of Canaan is the promised land. The land that would be given to the Jewish people. And so he picks up his family, and he moves his family, and he heads out to go to the land of Canaan. But, it says, when they came to Haran, they settled there. I was the underline in your Bible, the word settled. They settled there. They stopped halfway. And it says the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Iran. My point is that he never made it to the promised land. He stopped halfway. Instead of putting up a tent, he built his home. And he settled there. And he never arrived at the place that he was called to go and where he was called to be. Now this is the second part of the story. Now the Lord said to Abram, who was his son, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you I will curse. And in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went. His father settled, but Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old. Can I say what? 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan and when they had come to the land of Canaan, so they went, he moved, and ended up in the promised land that had been promised to his, to his father. 
This is the reading of the Word of God, all God's people did say. So I'm excited today because this is the Word that has been in my heart for two or three weeks now. I've been waiting just for today and could hardly wait for New Year's, first Sunday of the New Year, to share this message with you. Here's the message that God has laid on my heart for you this morning in your life. Don't settle. God puts a dream in your heart. Don't settle for less than what's best. If God is calling you to get up and move, move. You don't want to die halfway there. That's the word that God's put up in my heart. So I want you to turn to someone around you and say, it's time to move. What a great word for the beginning of the new year. It's the time to get up, and it's time to move. I don't know about you, but I'm very optimistic and very hopeful about the beginning of this year, about what's ahead of us in 2020. Very excited about what's in front of my wife, Teresa, and our family. I'm very excited and hopeful about what God has in mind for you and for your family, and hopeful and excited about what is in store for our church family, this church family. I'm wondering if you feel the same way as I do. Are you hopeful about the future? Are you looking with excitement and anticipation about what's ahead of you? Now, as I began to think about this, I opened up the Scripture, and I picked out some Scriptures that are sort of a foundation for me in my thinking in this year. The reason we could be confident about what's ahead. Jeremiah writes in Lamentations 3.23 that every day, every single day, God's mercies are brand new to us. Every day when you get up, God serves up His mercy to you. God's faithfulness is great, and it's new every morning. And that means that every day is a new beginning. Every day is an opportunity to start fresh. Every day is a new creation. I'm also leaning on another verse from the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, he said that when we put our lives into the hands of Christ, we become new people. God no longer looks at us for who we used to be, but God begins to look at us for who we can be. We become new people in Jesus. And the old is washed away. The old year, the old life, the old things, that are, they're all washed away. And the new has come. We have a, a couple children in our church, Ryan and Nathan Sanders. I really enjoy, I've really enjoyed watching them grow up. One of the beautiful things about being the pastor of a church for a long time is you get to watch people and their families grow up, and you get to see children grow from, from babies to adults. In over 17 years, you can see a lot of that. Uh, Ryan and Nathan are twins. They're eight years old. And their father, Jamie, and I are friends, and we were running one day when Michelle called him on the phone and said, said uh, Jamie, you need to come home because our boys are coming. Come home. Well, that day, that night, uh, Ryan and Nathan were born. And I've been an extremely annoying person in their life, their entire life. They call me Silly David. I'm always teasing. I'm always making fun of them. And on Christmas Eve, 
uh, they were sitting in a pew next to their uncle Sean, who had taken them to uh, Mammoth Cave earlier in the day. And I looked at their uncle Sean and I said, are you having fun hanging out with your two little monkeys? And Ryan looked right at me and said, well, if I'm a monkey, you're a giraffe. <laughs> and I guess I could, I guess I do look kind of like a thin giraffe. But it was so much fun, just, it's been so much fun over the last eight years watching who they're becoming and the little people and their personalities. My point is, God feels the same way about you. God is excited about who you are. And God is excited about who you are becoming. That's why it says in Romans, Paul says this. Paul says in Romans 8, 19, that all of creation is waiting with eager expectation for God's children to be revealed. Uh, what I take that to mean is that the whole world is just waiting for you to become the person that God created you to be. That's why we have so much optimism. It's why Paul says this in his letter to the Philippians. He says, I do this one thing. I let go of the past. I forget it. I put it behind me. And I press forward to what's ahead for me and for my life. This morning, let me ask you a question. What is it that God wants you to do in the new year? I know that God has been stirring something inside of your spirit. What is God waiting for you just to say yes to? Yes. Yes, I will go. I will move. I will go. I will get up and go. It could be in a relationship. It could be in a career. It could be geographical. It could be in your relationship with God. My message to you this beginning of this new year is because of who God is and because of God's faithfulness to you. My message to you is don't wait, don't settle, get up and move. A story I just read for you is one of the saddest stories maybe in the Bible. The reason we don't know anything about Terah, the reason we don't know his story, is because he didn't get up and move when he was asked to move. He settled. He settled for less than best. And we know why, right? It happens to all of us. We get comfortable. Haran is a comfortable place to be. We settle into a place and we like our routine. We like things to be the same. We don't want things to change. And so it just becomes easier to stay in the same place year after year to do the same thing over and over again. Even though we're bored with it, we're unsatisfied with it, we prefer what's comfortable over the new thing, which is uncomfortable. And you know it's the same with you and with me. The longer I sit in the same place, the harder it is to get up and move. The hardest thing is to take the first step, isn't it? When you've been sitting for a long time, it's hard to get up out of the seat and begin to move in a new direction to do a new thing for you and for your life. We also know the other reasons. I, I expect, like me, we fall in the trap of someday, right? Well, someday, we'll get up and go. Someday after the kids are grown. Someday after I finish my degree. Someday after I get the promotion. 
Someday when my health is better. Someday when my relationships get all worked out. Someday when my bank account is bigger. Someday when I'm retired. And then someday never comes. And you look around and you realize that you've settled and retired and you died in Haran. Don't die in Haran. Don't settle. What is it that God is calling you to do? I'm here this morning to encourage you to take that next step, whatever that step may be, whatever is on your heart, whatever is on your mind, whatever dream God has put in your life, take that next step. Take that next step. Get up and move. Now, the other part of the story, Abram. I wonder about Abram. You see, Abram at some point just decides to get up and move, and he does it. He fulfills the promise that was made to his dad. He gets up and goes. You know, it says that he heard a voice. God said, I want you to go to the promised land. Go to the place that I promised your dad and take your family. And he gets up and he goes. But I don't know about you, but I've never heard a direct, distinct voice. I've never heard God say to me, David Emery, do this. Have you ever heard a distinct voice? Maybe you have. Most people I know haven't. And so I wonder if it was like that with Abraham. You see, for me, it's like this. God will whisper in my ear, David, I think you need to do this. And I just begin to hear it. It just becomes sort of a restlessness in my spirit. I begin to wonder if there's something more. I begin to become restless. Something begins to stir me. I begin to think I'm supposed to do this thing. I'm supposed to do this and do this and do this and do this. And then finally, one day, I just say yes. I think it was like that for Abram. I think that Abram had heard his, his whole life his dad saying, you know we're supposed to go there, we're, we're supposed to go there, we're supposed to go there. He heard it his whole life. And he kept hearing it, I need to go there, I need to go there, I need to go to the, this is what God, I need to go there. And then what happens to him is what happens to all of us. You hit a certain age and you go, I'm never going to go there. The reality is as you get older, you think about the opportunities that you missed. And you begin to wonder, I have another chance, another opportunity, a second chance to move and to do something new with my life. And so I think what happened with Abram is finally, after year, after year, after year, after year, he finally said, it's either now or never. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go. And what a heck of an adventure he had. We're talking about him today because he did get up and he went. And God blessed him with incredible things. It was an up and down journey to the promised land. An incredible thing. The, the thing I want you to take away this morning is it doesn't matter how old you are or young you are, there's always an adventure out in front of you. Always. Always an adventure in front of you. And let me speak to everybody who feels a little bit over the edge. Well, let's talk, let me talk to the old people. You're never too old to go on an adventure. I want you to think about it for a minute. Abram was 75 years old, and God said, I want you to go on this adventure, and besides that, Sarai is going to get pregnant, and you're going to have a baby at 75. Now, can you imagine him trying to put a car seat on the back of a camel? <laughs> can you imagine saying, where's the pack and play going to go? Can we put it inside the second hump? Can you imagine him trying to warm up a bottle through the middle of a desert? And they get up and they go. And I was thinking about it. 
Think about all the older people who have made their greatest contributions later in life. Did you know that Gladys Burrell ran a marathon, Steve McFarlane, at the age of 92? Took her nine hours, but she finished it. William Ivy Baldridge, at the age of 82, walked a tightrope across the canyon. John Glenn went to space at the age of 77. He was the first American to orbit the Earth in space, to orbit in space. At 77, he went back on the uh, space shuttle Discovery and over the course of nine days orbited around the Earth and tested the impact of weightlessness on his 77-year-old body. Diana Nyad, at the age of 64, in 2013, became the first person to ever swim from Cuba to Florida without a shark cage. It took her 52 hours. 53. How about one more? 65 when he started KFC. How about one more? Dorothy Davenhill Hirsch went to the North Pole at the age of 89. Amazing. It's never too late. The second thing I would have you notice this is that when you read the Bible, you realize that no one is ever sitting still on the Bible. All the people we hear about are always going someplace else. Noah went on a Disney cruise. Joseph got shipped off to Egypt. Moses was minding his own business, and God said, go back to Egypt, and then he spent 40 years wandering around the wilderness. David was just a nice shepherd boy, living a nice, quiet life. God says, I want you to be a king. And then he got chased around the desert and around the wilderness for many years by another king that wanted to kill him. Story after story like this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Joseph and Mary were going to have a nice, quiet life, and then they gave birth to the Son of God and had to travel from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem and then over to Egypt. The Bible is a travel log. Peter, fishing, having a nice life, getting up and fishing in the morning, feeding his family night, a pretty wealthy person probably. Peter is told, that you're going to be the rock on which I would build my church. He then spends the rest of his life traveling and preaching the gospel to become a fisherman and dies in Rome. Rome's a long way from, from Cana. And the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, God knocks him down on the road and said, I want you to go a new way, a new direction. Saul becomes Paul and then spends the rest of his life traveling all over the known world planting, planting churches. You see, faith, faith is an ongoing journey. It's not sitting still in the same place year after year, believing the same thing over and over and over again and doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's a movement. It's a journey. It's making progress. Why? Because it's in the movement that we make big discoveries about ourselves. We discover who we are. We discover our weaknesses. And we discover our strengths. We discover God through our failures. And we discover that we can depend on God. You know what it's like when you're traveling with friends across the country. You go on some big trip. You really get to know each other. It's the same way with God. 
We get to know God as we journey and we become, we have to depend on God. When you're settled, you don't have to depend on God for anything because it's just the way that it is. There's a great, great quote. Uh, I read it this week, actually on Facebook. So it must be true. Uh, the Dalai Lama said this when the, the Dalai Lama was asked, What surprised him most? He was asked, What surprises you the most about humanity? And he answered this, Man, because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices his money to recuperate his health. And then he's so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die, and then he dies having never really ever lived. Raise your hand if you think that's true. It is, it is definitely true. One of the things I want to say to you this morning is, and this is a bigger part of this message, is that our faith should always be something that's growing and evolving. Someone said to me something recently, I took it as a compliment. It could have been an insult or a compliment. But I took it as a compliment. They said to me, David, you know, I've known you a long time, and you don't believe the same things you believed a long time ago. He said, your faith is always evolving. It's always growing. And I took that as a compliment. Because God is so big, he could never be completely contained in my little belief system or with just within our church. God is so much bigger, and as we get out in the world and we meet people from different religions and different faiths and different churches, and we encounter suffering and we travel, we just begin to discover that God is so much bigger, so that we can't contain God in our theology. I, I leaned over to Teresa, we were singing the song a minute ago, and I just had tears in my eyes when I said it to her. Uh, we sang this song a minute ago, it says, shout it, go and scream it from the mountains, go and tell it to the masses that God is love. And with tears in my eyes, I looked at her and I said, I said, Teresa, that's why God put me on the earth, this earth, to share this story. It is my purpose in life. This is why God put me here. When I was a little boy, two people came to visit my mom from Methodist Church down the street. I was just a little boy laying in a bassinet. And they walked, these two older ladies walked in and pointed to me, my name, and she said, his name is David Paul. And these two women looked at my mother and said, your son's going to be a preacher. I did before I ever knew it, God had called me out to share one single message. The message is to tell everybody on this earth that God is not judgment or condemnation, but that God is love for all people, for everyone on this earth. Every person is created in the That is my fundamental life purpose. But having said that, I am evolving, I am changing, I am growing. You see, when I say God is love, my understanding of that is so much bigger than it was before. As I get older, I'm stretched to live that, to share it, and to experience it with others. You see, faith is not a belief. Faith is trust. Trusting God to move into what's ahead. So at the beginning of 2020, here's my word for you this morning. It's time to move. Don't settle. Get up and move.